GLC presents Brought to you by the donations of our faithful partners Hello, I'm so glad that you watch this show You know, a lot of you write me, email me, call me And tell me how much this is meaning to you and if you could see it from my point of view, you would know how that thrills me because I pray so much about these shows before I do them. The guys that help me produce them, the cameraman and the director help me and we all pray together. Uh, we really want to touch lives. We want this to be a show that makes a difference in people's lives, a real difference. You know, a lot of people that are programmers on this station and even around the world are very knowledgeable in Hebrew studies and deep studies of the Bible. And when they teach, they're so interesting. But that's not what God's called me to do. What God has called me to do is to teach practical Christianity. That's where you learn how to read the Bible every day, let God talk to you out of it, and then you live your life based on different verses you've read or different things you've learned about God. Your everyday life. You live your life in the Word of God. And it's so wonderful. I know you know what I'm talking about. There's just nothing like it. And have you ever thanked God for His precious Word? Now, you may think I'm crazy, but I'm going to tell you something. I kiss my Bible. I've done it a lot. Because I'll be reading it, and it'll be God speaking to me, or it'll give me an answer for my problem. And I'm so grateful I have this because it changes my life to read it, and it will change yours too. So that's what I'm doing with the Bible. I'm trying to teach you how to read the Bible and apply it to what's going on in your life. So today we're talking about something that probably happens to everybody, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. And that's, what do you do when your family doesn't support your dream? Are you a big dreamer? Have you allowed yourself to be a big dreamer? Have you ever let God tell you, this is what I want you to do, and then been thrilled with it? I'm doing my dream, and it's so wonderful. And I can tell you, it's a 100 times better than anything I could have done on my own. I can tell you that. And it's the same way for you. But you have to understand something about your family. One, they know you really well. They know your weaknesses. I tell you, my kids, oh my goodness, they tell me stuff I'm doing wrong and they don't hesitate. They're not rude, but they certainly tell me. And I like it that way. But you know what? God has given me dreams. And it's really hard sometimes to communicate to people what's been put in your heart. You know it's there. You want to do it. And yet when you try to tell people, either they're too busy or they're, uh, maybe some of them don't walk with God. And when you try to say, well, I think this is what God wants me to do, they might look at you and go, God, <laughs> get a life. That doesn't happen. It could be like that. Think about Joseph in the Bible. He had a dream when he was a teenager. And many, many times, God speaks your life's purpose, your life's destiny. When you're a small child, maybe when you're 10 or 11, maybe when you're a teenager. I know he did to me. I didn't realize it was God because I didn't know how to walk with God like I know now. And he began to put in my heart a desire to travel. 
I can remember having a pen pal from India when I was maybe 11 years old, 12 years old, and wrote that girl all the time. Well, that was God putting that desire for other countries in me. What's your dream? What is your dream from God? And what's the problem and what's the deal with the family when they don't understand it? You know, families are really important to God. And maybe the most important. With Adam and Eve, they started having children. And those children started having children. God loves people. And He loves families. And He wants families to be united. It's so sad when a family is not united. It's really sad when half are Christians and half are not. It's really sadder even when you're the only Christian and they're not. But you know, God has a plan for marriages. In Malachi, right? I think in Malachi 3, something like that. He says, what do I want from a marriage? I want godly children. And yet in our families, as kids grow up, there's sibling rivalry. There's uh, illnesses. There can be problems in the family. There can be separation. There can be divorce. So much happens in the world today, and it isn't what God wanted. And don't ever say, why did God do this to me? Why did God let my parents get a divorce? God didn't do it. It wasn't God. You know, if God were a human, and he did all the stuff people blame him for, he'd be in prison. He doesn't kill people like that. He doesn't cause divorce. We all do a lot of stuff on our own. And then there's the devil who is very happy to try to make his plan take place. So here we have a family. I want you to think about your life, and I want you to think about people maybe you know that you could share this with. What's going on? You have a dream. It fits in with your personality. It fits in with the way you're made. And maybe it's a long time in coming. And then maybe you don't handle it right. And you try to tell your parents or your family, this is what I'm going to do. And they think, who are you? And that's the way Joseph was. He got the big dream from God. He got it. He got it early. But he didn't use wisdom in who he told it to. And in his family, he was kind of the runt of the family, or the youngest one. And those big brothers were like, you're a runt. You're a kid. Who... What do you mean God did this and told you you're going to serve, we're going to serve you? And it made them jealous. It made them angry. It made them want to get back at him. So you have to be very careful when and where you share your dream. Even in the best of families, there can be conflict. And the Bible is full of all these families that don't get along. Then it's full of families that do get along. One of the things that blesses me the most is to look at a family and see somebody have a dream in that family. And everybody in the family jumps on the bandwagon to help them. I think about our son when he was real little. He was a wrestler. And he always had to make weight. Now, if you've had a child or you've ever wrestled yourself, you know what goes in with making weight. You cannot be one ounce over anything. And he had to sleep in garbage bags to sweat it out. He had to chew gum and spit. So, I mean, we, we, he couldn't eat like he needed to eat just so he could make weight and wrestle in a lower category. Well, we all had to jump on the bandwagon and help him do that. He couldn't do that by himself. And I know that God puts us in families that can help us do our dream. But what do you do when they don't? 
Have you ever thought about what was it like to grow up as the younger brothers and sisters of Jesus, the perfect one? Now think about that. You know, he didn't ever do anything wrong. He, he was good. He was kind. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew in knowledge of God. God was speaking to him from the beginning. They didn't know about the angel coming and talking to their mother. They didn't know about Jesus being born from the seed of the Holy Spirit. They, they overshadowing Mary. They didn't know any of that. They just lived with this guy that did everything right, the perfect son, the perfect big brother. And how hard was that? Especially when they weren't and how they needed to grow. Do you ever think about the brothers of Jesus and what happened to them? He had four. And their names were James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. So Judas was a common name then, evidently. And then he had some sisters because it says the sisters of Jesus still live here. And that has to be at least two. So that means there had to be at least seven kids in that family. And he was the oldest, doing everything right. And maybe they looked at him and thought, I could never be like him. And then he begins to get these strange ideas as an adult. Here he is. He's gone into the family trade. He's a carpenter. He's living his life, just living like everybody else. And they don't know what God's been saying to him. They don't know what's been going on in his heart. And that dream's been growing and growing. And then came the day that he stepped out and began to do his dream. He began to call men to come and help him. Women began to come and help him. And he began to go from town to town. So he just quit doing his job. Now, don't you think they thought, well, we've got our mother to support because most people believe Joseph was older and died. There's no proof of that. It's just that he's not ever mentioned again after the time Jesus was two or three years old. Don't you thought, know they thought, now what are you teaching? You're not teaching the way the rabbis speak. You're not teaching in the rabbinical method. You're out there on your own, out in fields, trying to get people to listen to you. Who are you? Who do you think you are? And so they had to hear all of that. Now, what did Jesus have to do during that same time when the pressure from his family was on him? Well, he had to make sure he knew what God wanted him to do. And that requires spending a lot of time alone with God, just listening, just being with God, because he puts it in your heart. Sometimes he puts it in your heart through dreams, sometimes through visions. Most of the time... It's through a, just a deep desire in your heart to do this thing. You want to do it. And you'd like your family to help you. But, you know, you really need to be in a place where you don't expect help from them unless they just flat out say, we're going to help you do it. We're all going to chip in and we're all going to help you. Because if they don't, what could happen to you? Well, you could get bitter. You could get angry. You could get frustrated. You could feel defeated. Do you feel like that? Well, you don't have to because when God gives you a dream, it's going to happen if you cooperate. Nothing is going to stop it. There's only one thing that can stop the dream God has given you from happening. It's you. The devil can't stop you. I don't care what he's done. I don't care what's happened. I don't care how far off the path you got from your original thing that God told you to do. 
it doesn't matter. Because as long as you say, God, I'm going to do it. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. It's going to happen. You know, sometimes your dream from God is not where it sounds Christian. It could be in technology. It could be in the Internet. It could be in movies. You could be an artist. You could uh, be a mechanic. You could be anything. Because God needs people in all walks of life so that they can touch the people he's already set up. You know, your deeds are already ordained from the foundation of the earth. You're not going to miss doing them. But you need to expect to be misunderstood by your family. And maybe you don't need to expect for help from them. Then when they do help you, you're so grateful and you're so appreciative. Maybe it makes them feel better. I don't know. Just know they have not heard what you have heard so clearly. And even when you try to communicate it, they're living in their own world. And what you're saying to them isn't a part of their world. So they have a hard time getting it. They don't know what you and God have talked about. But they do need to understand from you, I believe that this is what God wants me to do. And I'm going to do it. They need to hear that because that's taking a stand for God anyway. Look at this picture. See this family arguing? Isn't that sad? And it goes on everywhere. I hate arguing. Do you hate it? I hate it. But what did Jesus say? In this first scripture, Luke 12, 52 to 53, look what he says. Did you think I came to bring peace on earth? No. I tell you, I've come to separate people. From now on, there will be five members in a family, each one against the other. There will be three against two, two against three, They'll be separated. Father will turn against son, son against father. Mother will turn against daughter, daughter against mother. Mother-in-law will turn against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Now, wait a minute. I thought I just said that in Malachi, God said he wanted a godly marriage with godly children. He does. But Jesus, the real call that Jesus has for following him can involve choices that you want to make and they don't want you to make them. I'll give you an example. When you're a part of a denominational church and you think, this isn't enough, this isn't what's happening in the Bible, and you get in a spirit-filled church and you go, this is, to me, this is more like what I see happening in the Bible. This, this is like the book of Acts, and I want to be a part of that. Well, maybe they don't understand why you don't want to stay where you've always been. Maybe, maybe they think, it's fine. Why don't you like it? And when you try to explain to them, well, I want to do everything the Bible says. I, I want to live the Bible. I want to do it. They can't understand, and it can cause conflict. And I think that's what Jesus is talking about. Have you ever thought about, now you put yourself back in the first century when Jesus was stepping out. I want you to put yourself there. I want you to think, how hard would it have been for you to go against what your family thought? First of all, the only religious training they had was through the synagogue with the rabbis, and they did what the rabbis told them. 
And you remember about the Pharisees and the scribes and how Jesus condemned a bunch of them. They were making it harder on the people than they were on themselves, even though there were many good scribes and Pharisees, and they chose to follow Jesus. But to step out, it felt like a new religion. Uh, Jesus said very controversial things. And so when these people came home and they were eating their evening meal and they said, well, you know what he said? And somebody else goes, well, I don't, is that right? I don't think that's right. What are you doing being involved with that Jesus guy? And you see, it began to divide families. And people came to crossroads. And sometimes, especially for you people that are watching this show around the world, that you live in a country that maybe is a totally different religion, doesn't even believe in Christianity, doesn't allow Christianity, and yet you believe. And so can you see that division I'm talking about? What do you do? God, what do I do? Well, the first thing is stand strong and surround yourself with people who do embrace your dream, who do encourage you. My best friend's son came up with an idea for something to do on web pages on the Internet. Nobody had ever done it. And he is, he's just now 29 or 30 years old, and he has succeeded beyond anybody's expectations, doing something nobody had ever done before. And he did it. And he's, you know, people, I'm sure, thought, now you're doing what? So go ahead and step out in your dream expecting God to send you encouragement, expecting Him to send you people who will help you figure out what you need to do next. Get a lot of advice. But you know, even if you do it, and you know God told you to do it, you're still going to have problems with it. You can make mistakes. You can jump ahead of God. You can hold back too much. You can have problems. And you know, there's going to be people in your family that go, see, I told you you shouldn't be doing that. Why? You, you should have listened to me. And it, what does it do to you? Well, it gets you confused uh, inside. You begin to have self-doubt. Just always go right back to God. Get alone and go right back to God and say, now, God, I need you to encourage me. I need you to confirm Again, I really am supposed to be doing this. I've had to do that a lot. And God is so faithful. But your family can be offended. And the people in your town can be offended. If you come from a small town, it's even harder. Because they all know you. You know, gossip shoots through a small town quicker than you can imagine. You hear something at 9, and by 12, everybody in the town knows it. Because I've lived in a small town, so I know what it's like. All right, look at this second scripture in Matthew 13, 57. It's talking about the people heard Jesus preach, and he preached this strong message. He's following that dream, and it says, And they were deeply offended, and they refused to believe in him. Refused. And then Jesus said to them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. So see, that's your town not accepting you and your family not accepting you. And Jesus said that. So if you are called by God to be a prophet, if you're called by God to do something strong for God, 
Let's say you're one of those people that's been actively involved in pro-life, actively, or something involving immigration, say, just something that people don't get. They don't understand. They don't stand by it, and they don't honor you. They don't uh, support you, but when you get out of the town and when you get out among other people, they all praise your name. They believe you, they support you, and you find yourself getting alone and thinking, I want my family to do it. I love my family. I want them to jump in and support me. So your call may not be like anybody else's that your family's ever done, anybody in your family, anybody in your town. When you're a woman in ministry and God has called you to do things that women don't typically do, which is, in my case, uh, it gets hard. In America, women preachers are, some people applaud it, and some people think, I don't think you ought to be doing that. I don't think women are supposed to be teaching. I don't think women are supposed to be doing that. And yet you think, well, what am I supposed to do with this call from God? Because I know he's called me. And as women step out and realize all over the world, and right now I am speaking to you personally, to you women in other countries, God is releasing women all over the world, in your country, in my country, all over the world, because God said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on men and women alike. And so you're not crazy when you think you're hearing God tell you to do something and everybody in your family thinks you're crazy. You're not. All you need to do is make sure it's God. And God is very happy to confirm it to you in different ways. You can just say, God, I've done it before. I remember one time I was going to Belarus and I was on the airplane and I said, Lord, I know you have told me I'm going to go all over the world speaking, but it doesn't ever happen. All I do is just keep going to Belarus and Lord, I hate to ask you this again, but if I'm really going to do it, could you have somebody in Belarus that I don't even know confirm it? They don't even know what you said to me. And I got over there, and we were at a conference, and the Holy Spirit took off like wildfire in this conference. It was like, whoa, keep up with him. He's moving. And in the middle of all of that, a woman that had been ministered to walked up to me and said, this is what the Lord God says. I am going to take you all over the world. I am going to use you. I have tried you, and you have been found faithful. I am going to use you all over the world. She had no idea what I'd said to God. Nobody knew but God. I'd said it to God. I'd asked Him, and He confirmed it. So pray about it a lot. As you go along the way, pray for direction. Get your support from God. Jesus did. Now, in, uh, in Acts 18, 9 to 10, this is not going to flash up on the screen, but in it, the Apostle Paul was in trouble constantly. I mean constantly. There's not too many people in the world that went through what Paul went through. He was always in trouble, and yet he didn't give up. He wouldn't give up. They'd beat him to death nearly, and he'd get up and go back in the village and try to preach again, even tired, weary, but he had his down times too. And one night in a vision, God spoke to him and said, 
Don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack and harm you. For many people in this city belong to me. Now, he got attacked and harmed in other cities, but God was saying, right here, do this. And he did it. He, you know, you're called, your dream isn't always easy, and it doesn't always have some good stuff with it. It can have some really hard stuff with it, and you still have to do it, and you want to do it. Now, when they make fun of you and scoff at you, what is supposed to be your response? Well, I know what your first one is. You want to yell at them, scream at them, say something tacky back to them. That's your flesh. That's your humanness. And God says, don't let your flesh rule your life. Let your spirit man rule your life. So what do you do? Well, I know what I do. I have to get alone and say, God, you better help me. You better help me. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do some damage here. You better help me. And God, fill me with your spirit right now. Help me to be kind and yet firm in a polite way and not back down to what I know you call me to do. In Luke, it talks about how his family thought he was crazy, even his mother. Now, think about it. I think Mary got influenced by those older kids, those other kids. I think they started saying, Mother, do you see what he's doing? He's making a fool of himself. We've got to go up there and get him out of those meetings. And instead, Jesus said, Well, who is my family? My family are the people that do the will of God. Sometimes the people that do the will of God are closer to you than your own family. Jesus said in Hebrews 2, 11, I'm not ashamed to call you my brothers and sisters. I'm not ashamed. He knew what family shame felt like. When he was at the cross, they were nowhere to be seen. In fact, I want you to look at another scripture. John 7, 2 to 4. When it was time for the festivals, the brothers said, hey, going up there to the Judea for the celebration. Go where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become a public figure if you hide like this. If you do such wonderful things, prove it to the world. But at the end, in the book of Acts, where were they? Ah, Acts 1.14. They were all joined together in prayer with the mother. You can do your dream. Bye. Swan with the Pennies from Heaven Project. You know, these pennies just keep coming in more and more and more. It is over $36,000. Now, that's in pennies, and 100% of that has gone for food. Nothing spent for expenses. And then I've been so careful to make sure the people who distribute the food are honorable people and have integrity. You just sent enough money in to send money to Vietnam, and we took care of feeding people in a village of lepers, people without arms and legs. All over the world, we're feeding people together. I really appreciate it. Just keep doing it. Tell your friends to do it, and thank you for helping. You're just great people. Thanks. Order your copy today from the GLC Bookstore by calling the number on your screen. Please include the program number when ordering.